Welcome everyone to Women in Chemicals Quarterly Generation Female, live panel on working through pregnancy and birth. This is part one of a two-part panel. Thank you all for joining us today and supporting Women in Chemicals. My name is Christy and I am the VP of Membership at Women in Chemicals and we are really excited for today's panel featuring four amazing women from our community. I just want to quickly walk you through what you can expect from the next hour, and then we will hand it off to Lauren to kick things off with the panel discussions. Please note that we will not have a Q&A session today, but we will, send your contact we will send you contact details of all of our panelists in a follow-up email so that you can reach out to them directly with any questions or concerns that you might have. After introductions of our panelists, Lauren will lead a 15-minute discussion on topics such as the family planning process taking your career into account, how priorities change during pregnancy and following the birth of a child, preparing for maternity leave and going back to work following maternity leave, and managing professional responsibilities throughout this major life change. We will wrap up today's event with a five-minute discussion with an HR professional Anne Maza from Brentag, providing a resource overview for this incredible stage of life. Although there will not be a Q&A session during today's event, we are very excited to share that our panelists will be answering questions on the forum following today's event. Please head over to our forum at forum.womenandchemicals.com and post your question under the general discussion board on the thread for today's event. I will now hand it over to Michelle to start introducing our panelists. Hi, everyone. I'm pleased to introduce you to, the, to today's moderator, Lauren Conti. As Blue Palette's marketing director, Lauren is responsible for developing Blue Palette's marketing plans by collaborating with clients, management, creative, and content teams. Her experience includes e-commerce, business-to-business, and business-to-consumer marketing. While Lauren manages Blue Palette's marketing by day. She also enjoys hiking, swimming, and beach days with her son. And I am very excited to introduce our panelist, Alexandra Peralta Moreno. Alexandra is a sales support specialist at Brentag Northeast, assisting the Pittsburgh and New England District's account executives. She started as a key accounts document specialist in 2019 and moved to her present role in 2021. She has gained a lot of experience in the chemical industry since joining Brentag and has grown a lot professionally. Alexandra is a native from the Dominican Republic. She worked for 11 years in the pharmaceutical industry as a certified lead technician for eight years in retail pharmacy and in the career in the cancer infusion center at the major hospital of her town for three years. Her hobbies include reading motivational books, journaling, and yoga. She currently lives in Reading, Pennsylvania with her husband, Melky, and is currently expecting their first child this December. It is my honor to introduce the next panelist, Alicia Diffendel. Alicia is the mother of two children, Talia and Emerson. She has 20 years of chemical manufacturing and supply experience with Dow Chemical and Corteva AgriScience and has held a variety of global, regional, and cross-functional leadership roles with direct experience in a startup business and a new facility startup. Alicia earned her BS 
in chemical engineering from Penn State University and exercises her passion for STEM education as a board of trustee for the Chemical Educational Foundation and her passion for community volunteerism as the secretary of her local farmer's market board. And the last panelist I would like to introduce is Claire McGahan. Claire is a first-time mother who welcomed Maeve to their growing family in March 2021. Claire has 12 years of chemical manufacturing sales experience with Stepin Company. Throughout her career, Claire has supported a variety of multinational corporations, as well as regional and distribution customers, focusing on the household, industrial, and institutional, or HINI, and personal care markets. She earned her BS in marketing with professional sales emphasis in a minor in chemistry from University of Wisconsin, Eau Claire, with a semester attended at University of Limerick, Ireland. Claire is passionate about supporting growth of others through informal and formal mentorships. She graduated from Stepin's Emerging Leader Program in 2016. She is now a member of Stepin's Leadership Alumni Steering Team and co-founder co-founded their mentorship program, providing opportunities for fellow alumni to continue developing their leadership, acumen, and skills. With that, I hand it over to Lauren to kick off today's discussion. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Christy. Alrighty, so let's get started. First, I'm going to start with Claire. Claire, how was your family planning process and how did you factor your career into it? Oh, on mute. <laughs> oh, sorry. So it's an honor to be here. Um, and so thank you for the opportunity to share our story. Um, a little bit of background that will kind of provide the, the thought process for the family planning that we took as a family. So I met my husband in high school. We've been together for 20 years, married for four. So, you know, he's I've been lucky that he was supporting my drive and desire to succeed. So a lot of our career influenced influenced decisions from the moment I graduated college. We moved around the US. We, I took over different territories, working to grow at Stepin. So it's really just been us two together with our family based in Wisconsin. Um, when we got married, we were about 70% sure we wanted to have a family, but we were also very comfortable with what we knew, which was us and our dog, Jax. Um, and being in sales, you know, covering a large geography, I, I traveled a lot. So it never really felt like the right time and honestly felt very overwhelming trying to think about how we would manage a family with our schedules. And I looked around at all these amazing women that I was working with that were working mothers with multiple children. So I kept telling myself it can be done. So I didn't give up hope with having a family. Um, we were getting settled in Colorado. I had my territory for a couple of years. We just purchased a house. We knew we weren't going to move anymore. And then COVID hit and drastically changed the industry, how we operated, really heavily relying on virtual meetings and not traveling as much. So we decided it was the time that we would give it a try, but went into it with the mentality of if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Either way, we'd be happy and accepting. Um, so, um, you know, a number of months of nothing, we figured it wasn't meant to be, we decided to then get a COVID puppy, and then sure enough, eight weeks after that, that family change, um, we found out that I was pregnant. 
So it's definitely an interesting, strange time to navigate the industry, being exhausted, nauseous, and emotional. But I love the fact that I could wear uh, stretchy pants every day and work from my my desk at home. <laughs> yeah, COVID definitely um, changed things for the, the family planning process. So yeah, uh, definitely. It, did you ever feel like throughout it, you're like, was this the right time? Was this, you know, did it feel right to you in, in, during it? I mean, you're always, you know, it's, a, it's such a scary moment, but also yeah. very exciting. And, um, you know, with us being quad company, like it, we were going through the roof as far as needs and customers. And so it was just like an emotional time. And then to have the pregnancy on top of that, I was like, oh, goodness. But, and it's not like people can see you pregnant, like, cause it's just from your your shoulders up so it's not like people <laughs> could like truly understand that why I'm maybe reacting the way that I was reacting um but it was a lot of hormones so it was but I was really lucky that I didn't have to travel um while being pregnant because I, I appreciate and empathize what goes what goes with that right being exhausted yeah yeah crushing through the different airports so yeah yeah wonderful thank you for that response yeah. Alexandra, how did you kind of factor in pregnancy to your career or currently? <laughs> right. Um, for me, it was it was a little hard at the beginning. Um, my husband and I, we decided we wanted to start trying last year. And I had just gotten the cell support specialist position, but I had this desire of becoming a mom, but then I was really scared because I was like, what if it happens right away? How am I going to tell my boss who just hired me <laughs> that I'm pregnant? Um, so it definitely put the plans on hold. Uh, not for too long, though. Um, we decided that it's what we felt like we wanted to do. Um, so we went ahead and, and um kept trying. And it wasn't until this year that we were um, blessed with the miracle of pregnancy. And it's, it's been great. They took it well at my job. And then I realized I was actually stressing um, basically for no reason. Yeah, it's definitely hard to announce it. And I remember how nerve wracking that was for me yes. when uh, I was having to do that to my boss and my managers. I was like, oh, but I, it's so nice when you have a supportive uh, career and, Absolutely. and workplace. So yes, Alicia, how was your experience and planning process for um, your career and everything that factored into that? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to first, ha so happy to be here. Um, gosh, being a female in the chemical industry is an honor for all of us. And I feel like um, there's an extra added challenge for many of us when we think about childcare and, um, and pregnancy. So this is great. First of all, I'm happy to be part of it. Um, as I was introduced, um, I have two kids and they're a little bit older um, than, than the other two who have talked. So um, I have a daughter who's 13. Um, and I have a son who will be six in February. And so I'll talk about each of their situations a little bit because quite honestly, they're different. Um, with my daughter, 
I had been um, working and and married for probably five or six years um, at the time, and and both my husband and I always knew we we wanted to have kids. It really wasn't a decision to make. It was just when to do it. And quite honestly, at the time, we weren't in sales kind of positions. We worked in a manufacturing plant environment without travel. And so there really wasn't um, this, when is the right time um, conversation. It was more of my biological clock is ticking. Um, We should probably do this um, kind of a conversation. The challenge we faced is that it was incredibly difficult to to have children. And so we went through a period of, I think, about two years trying for my daughter and ultimately had um, to rely on science and medicine to allow us to have her. And um, so blessed that I had her. I had her on my 29th birthday and we share that birthday. Um, and I've never aged since because we've celebrated her birthday instead of mine for, for the last many years. Um, so, so definitely she was wanted and, uh, there wasn't a big decision to make with my son. I, I, I have a different experience and, um, you know, my daughter was difficult to have. Um, not only did she require a lot of science and, and, um, and money honestly to have, but I ended up on bed rest for 10 weeks, um, to, keep from having her uh, too early would be the way I would describe it. And so it was a, a very difficult time for me. And it took me eight years to decide to do it again, um, because I, I wasn't sure it was something I wanted to do again. And it was a huge commitment. I was happy with just her um, and ultimately decided after that period of time that I would try um, and that um, she deserved to have a sibling in the future was kind of my um, my my thought process. Um, so my son uh, was born um, five and a half years ago now, also required science and, and some mon- monetary investment. Um, and we can talk a little bit later about um, some of my challenges having him. Um, but I would say for both of them, I knew I wanted them there was definitely decision-making that was required. And, and for me, it wasn't as much of the career that was in the way as um, maybe my own personal health and, and the choices around, um, you know, how would I deal with those pregnancies uh, that were very important to me. Thank you so much for that response. And I know that, you know, that experience obviously has a little bit of vulnerability there. And I think we can all, um, you know, appreciate your, your story, um, in that family planning process. Cause that definitely sounded like it required a lot of, you know, emotional time and investment. So, um, and probably a lot of highs and lows and, Thank you so much for sharing that experience. I do want to touch on a little bit more about your um, your experience, like disconnecting maybe with that process and what the whole maternity leave process looked like for you. Absolutely. So I'll just elaborate a little bit um, on both of these, um, talking about the maternity leave. So with my daughter, um, again, I was on bed rest for 10 weeks and um the, the funny part or, or the thing you might not imagine um, is this is many years ago, 13, 14 years ago, we weren't in a virtual world necessarily in that time frame. Um, however, I had a wonderful experience where I was working um, for a, a leader who was very supportive of me being on bed rest and working from my bed. Um, and so I consciously made the decision when this was when this occurred 
um, in my life that I, the last thing I wanted to do, I'm a very active person. I run multiple times per week. Um, this was awful for me. Um, the last thing that I wanted was to be laying in a bed doing nothing because I might pull my hair out. And so I, um, I asked my leader at the time, I said, I think that I, I can work. Um, I just won't be in the office, but I think I can work. And here are the things that I know I can deliver um, from a remote location. Are you okay with this? And so I had wonderful support um, and the ability to, you know, with oversight and checking in with certain deliverables, you know, each week, I had the ability to work um, from home while I was on that maternity or that, um, you know, uh, bed rest um, experience. The day that my doctor said I could stand up, my water broke and I had my daughter. So I'm very thankful that I did that. Um, and then I had a maternity leave decision to make. Um, you know, how long was I going to take for that? And I chose that um, I would extend my leave and take some time without pay um, with my daughter because I felt that it had been so difficult to have her. Um, and I wanted to experience um, that time with her as long as possible. And so I took, I want to say I took the, 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 given eight weeks at the time that I that I had, and I added another 10, 10 weeks to that um, in an unpaid fashion because I really wanted um, to be there with her. Um, my son, uh, who I didn't um, go into the details, he, I was doing great with uh, my pregnancy with my son. And, and I knew that I might have to go on bed rest at some point, but there was no indications of this coming. And then I had, um, I woke up one day and my water broke at 28 weeks. And so um, my son arrived 12 weeks too soon. He was two and a half pounds. And um, it was all about, you know, emotions of, oh my God, my, will he be okay um, at that time? He spent about 105 days in the NICU. And today I'm happy to say he's a strong, healthy, strong-willed, crazy little boy. <laughs> um, but that was a very different situation for me too. And so I chose, again, it was a decision I made that when he was born, I would take that week to recover um, from having birth. But I asked again, can I work? Um, can I not take my maternity leave yet? Because I am going to be in the NICU every day. I can't touch him. I can't care for him like you might care for a, a normal baby at home. And my mind is going to be, it needs to be occupied with something because otherwise I'm just going to think about his frailness and whether he'll survive. And so I worked again with my leader to um, put together a plan where I would work from the hospital. And um, I did that. And I, I would go to work at the hospital at 8 a.m. and I would leave at 5 p.m. and I would go home and be a mom to my daughter um, after that. And so I did that the whole time he was in the NICU. And then I started my leave when he got home. And I was so thankful that I made that choice because it felt like I had time with him and that bonding um, opportunity that I would not have had had I made a different decision. Yeah, that's um, great that your your work could support you during that time and kind of making the right decision. I know that that flexibility must have been so nice. Um, the bonding experience, at least for me, and like, you know, having that when you actually get to hold them, know, knowing that that was delayed. Um, 
you know, for you, it must've been just so nice to actually have that dedicated time to be with him when you could actually do that. Um, and then also have like that extended, I know like every little drop of like that experience where you get to be with them, and you know, being able to be in the position where you can stay home and, um, you know, not work for a little bit. It's just a good, good kind of um, extension of that really valuable time that goes away in a blink of an eye. I, I have a, a five-year-old who who will be six in January too. And I'm like, stop growing, please. <laughs> it's going too, too fast. Uh, Claire, I quickly just wanted to follow up with you in, in regards to like how you've handled kind of, you know, maternity leave when you did and, and kind of like what it was like going back afterwards. Did you have help? You know, was it difficult for you to disconnect while you were on maternity leave? I know I was like, I want to check my emails. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was, I mean, I had the, the standard 12 weeks leave. Um, I, but I agree. I was like, yeah, I had a really hard time disconnecting. And I think a couple of reasons. So one, obviously work up until that point was such a large part of who I was really and what I knew and being a mother is so incredible, but it's also very new and overwhelming at first. Um, you know, I, I hadn't had a lot of exposures to newborn babies before I'm like oh my god what do I do like you're just sending me home after like a day and a half at the hospital okay um but it so it was I wanted to hold on to who I was but um so it took me a little bit but by the time that my leave was over I was having actually a hard time with the idea of going back to work in my prior life and leaving what I call like the baby bubble yeah because right? it's like oh you finally get in your groove and you've got your, your schedule, um, which I have to think taking care of babies is this course that I took when Maeve was a newborn because she wasn't sleeping through the night. And having that schedule of flexible structure was like a game changer in my adjustment as well, because I felt like so out of control. So um, but anyway, so going back to work was just as hard probably as it was disconnecting um, on those ends. And my husband had like a one week unpaid leave. Um, so it was hard to not have his support the whole time. Of course, I'm, I'm very grateful my mom actually came in and helped out for the first few weeks and then eventually moved here to help take care of Maeve. So um, you can probably hear them in the background. Sorry. Uh, so, but we finally have a good balance between our prior lives and our, our new lives and really you know, enjoying each day. Yeah. I know that um, for me, just having a child during, you know, COVID, a lot of what just happened in your background is going on in mine. <laughs> My son would make guest appearances very often. It was, uh, it was definitely, but having, you know, family support or even just like those resources, like taking sleep course classes is also helpful in that process. All right, Alexandra, how has maternity leave been so far for you? I mean, you're not on it, but what are you looking forward to so far in that process? <laughs> yes, I'm actually really appreciating the fact that I get to hear uh, Claire and Alicia talk about their experiences because I am currently trying to figure out what am I going to do and how am I going to do it? Um, in my family, I always heard them say, um, the women in my family, how they were able to take three months off. So even before I was thinking about having a baby, that's 
how I was like already, my mind was set that I was going to be three months off until I talked to my uh, workplace HR (laughs) department and I missed one small detail. I was thinking about the rules in a different country (laughs) and I was comparing them um, to the rules here in the United States and specifically where I work. Um, So they don't do uh, three months full pay, which it was what I was thinking was going to happen. And I was very excited until I found out that's not the way it works. And now I'm kind of like back to square one, which is funny because uh, this Saturday I'll be seven months pregnant and I'm still like, I don't know what to do. Um, However, I am definitely leaning more towards taking at least three months off. And then if I need uh, more than that, maybe just go fully unpaid um, because it is my first baby and I really want to, I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> and yeah. I'm thankful that I have my mother and I do have help around me. Um, but I, I want to be there for my baby. And m- my ideal situation would be to be with my baby the first whole year of her life, just me taking care of her. Um, but that's just not, that's not an option for me right now. We'll see in the future, who knows? Um, but for right now, I'm thinking about taking the the three months off and see how that goes. Yeah. I know that, um, those are such hard like positions to be in because you, you want to be able to kind of balance both, but then, you know, like those are like the, you know, those invaluable times where there's so little and you just, you want to have that bonding experience with them and, um, I know when I was making the decision, I was like, well, maybe I could go part-time, maybe I could come in a couple of days or work remote. And so I think now at least with things becoming more flexible with like virtual environments, um, you know, more people are open to having those conversations more than ever. And I know policies have changed around, um, you know, the globe recently. So that's always helpful in getting that extended time, hopefully in the future, um, too, as well. Well, thank you so much for that. I mean, it's just always amazing hearing so many different experiences from all of you panelists. And I appreciate just kind of getting that. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I'll go back into kind of that similar thing, but it's definitely something to always keep in mind when you're going through the process. Do you think that any of your kind of like priorities or, or things have changed since you've decided that you, you know, we're having this baby and, and like, do you think that, you know, maybe like there's different things you want to change in, in the balance of your life, Alexandra? Oh, absolutely. Um, let's just say before becoming pregnant, I was a workaholic. Um, <laughs> I would be working day and night, give me all of the overtime. Um, my eating habits were horrible. If I was stressed or if I had a lot of work, I would be like, okay, if I get to finish this, my reward would be to finally have the meal of the day. <laughs> that's, that's how bad it was for me. Um, my sleeping schedule was very, very bad. And now that I've become pregnant, it's all about my baby, first of all, and of course, my health. And um, of course, I've been eating much better now. 
well, I can't even stop eating because I'm hungry all the time. <laughs> I'm hungry and sleepy all the time. So thank God I work remotely because during my breaks, I get to take a little nap. So that is always nice. Um, and then, you know, working out a little bit more, taking more breaks. Um, over time, not so much anymore. I need my time. I need to rest. Um, so all of that basically taking care of my physical and mental health, which are things that I did not do before. And I wasn't aware of how much it affects us. And imagine being pregnant, it affects us even more. So I've, I've, change a lot of my daily habits. Yeah. Yeah. You got all those hormones going through. (laughs) I remember watching commercials and dropping and crying. I was like, what's going on with me? (laughs) Um, But that was definitely, you know, something that I felt similarly, you just have to kind of know your, your balance and, and change things around. Claire, do you feel like you've had similar experiences? Yes. So I would, I agree. Um, your day definitely gets condensed. You know, I too used to just work all the time. And um, so now it's prioritizing, managing expectations, learning to say no, right? That was always really hard for me, knowing when to ask for support and when you actually need it too. Um, And then really like not losing, like enabling your partner and yourself to have time for, for you, right? Like you still need to be able to take pause and go for a walk by yourself or go for a happy hour or whatever, you know, you need to just make sure you have your own time. So let's try to help that with each other um, when we can. So. Yeah. Yeah. Alicia, how about you? Is there anything that you feel like? like I, Yeah. I mean, I agree, first of all, with everything that Alexandra and Claire have said, I feel like um, becoming pregnant for the first time sort of it rocks your world in, I don't know, a million different ways um, physically, but I think more so mentally, it it causes you to stop and think a lot about um, not just that moment in time that you're pregnant, you know, how are you going to take care of yourself and, and um, your health, but, but but beyond that, you start to think about things like, what if something happens to me? Have I set up the right financial plans for my future? Do I have a living will? Like all these things that I never in my whole life cared for, um, or even thought about all of a sudden they mattered to me. And, um, Mm -hmm. I, I, I all of a sudden had to know about all of these things because I was worried or I had anxiety about what I was maybe not thinking about that mattered for my future. So certainly those kind of things started to enter the equation. Like it wasn't just about me and my husband anymore. It was about how do we set up things right for the future? Um, and then as my children have grown, I'll be honest, it, uh, it has depended on the phase of their life, how my priorities have changed. And, um, when they're little, um, to be honest, I was able to maintain uh, still some decent flexibility in my life because they went to bed kind of early and they would nap sometimes. And so I had some breaks that I could take advantage of where I could go for a run or I could do some work late at night whenever they were asleep. Um, 
then they grow up and they're in four different sports at the same time and theater practice and they have homework at night that they want you to help them with and 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 I could go on for a long time um and those windows of opportunity they they disintegrate um and so you you really have to make strategic choices around how you calendar your day and your priorities even more so I think as they get older um versus when they were little um and and um having one that's 13 and one that's five has proven more difficult than I had originally expected from that standpoint, um, because they're in very different parts of their lives, each of them. And so, um, you know, how do I do it? It has required a lot of organizational skills that I didn't ever imagine would be, you know, so helpful. Um, a calendar that literally kind of blocks my day by the half hour of what I'm going to be doing. Um, and the recognition that in order for all that to work, I have to stay mentally and physically healthy myself. And so I do make it a priority to um, to run because that's my way of, of relieving stress and um, and sleep. And um, so, you know, those are those are on my calendar, too, by the way, uh, <laughs> just to make sure it happens. And I will I will find help. Um, to watch my children so that I can go for a run. Um, you know, those are the kind of choices that I make. Yeah, I think uh, I can relate so much, at least to that, like, changing time. Like, right now, Chase had just started school, and I know for me, it's like, now I'm doing homework when I was working before, and I had, you know, different you know, different flexibilities when he was younger, where he was napping. I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. I can clean the house then, or I could do different things and you can kind of prioritize your, your, your time different. And then when that nap goes away, man, I just remembered, I was like, you're, you're not nappy anymore, man. I wish that would have lasted a little bit longer. Um, but I think that's such great advice, kind of making sure that you carve out and dedicate that time to, you know, make sure your wellness is good too, as a mom. Um, I know I have to kind of do that reminder and I block out my calendar very similar because I am a runner too. And so I'm like, I got to get that in or else, you know, kind of shakes up your week when you don't have that dedicated time to yourself. Um, wonderful. Well, I do want to um, kind of open up the floor for all of the panelists to kind of answer this question in regards to, um, you know, advice and um, anything that you think would be valuable to anybody who's thinking and along this like mindset, kind of, you know, what would you tell them at, at that kind of career stage and that planning stage? Claire, do you have any kind of thoughts there? Um, I would just say that the, I call it the mom club is a real thing, right? And so I say learn, take the time to learn from other moms, help each other, recognize that your situation is going to be a little different. So don't compare yourself, especially when your baby comes. It's really uh, easy to do that um, because you're really the best mom for your baby. So that's what I try to tell myself every day that, you know, you face a lot of decisions, but at the end of the day, I'm the best mom for me. So we're going to do the right thing for her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Alicia, any advice that you'd give? Yeah, I, first of all, even though all of this was very difficult for me, I would do it again. Mm -hmm. um, there's enough, you know, I, 
that's the way I would start is there's enough um, of a blessing at, at the end of each of each of those experiences to do it again. And while I would wish it wasn't so difficult, uh, I certainly would would do it again um, if I had to. So I'll start there. Um, it's worth it. Whatever challenges you think are ahead of you that you can't overcome, it it's you can. Um, I'm stronger than I could possibly have imagined through these experiences, and and it's um, it's okay. Um, the next thing that I would just say is that I've learned. Um, I, I have a very A type personality. Like I have to win. I always had to win growing up, and I was always had to be very organized and all of these things. And I've, I've had to like learn that things happen and you don't have to be this, you don't have to be superwoman. Um, even though you're attempting to be in all areas, you know, career, life, everything, um, you're going to make mistakes along the way. And I make them every single day um, in some way. Um, and you're going to need help. Um, you can't do it all. And so my greatest advice is that, you know, if you're thinking about having a child or you're at any stage of parenting, um, really think about your network. I have a huge network right now of helpers in my life. I don't have family in my look, like I have no local family, but I have the neighbors. I have a group of mom friends. I have the carpool for the theater crew. I have the carpool for the soccer crew. <laughs> like, there's a network of people that you have to surround yourself with in order to um, to make it work. And so don't be afraid to, to establish that and, and reach out and um, give yourself some grace because you're you're going to fall and, and slip up at times. And that's OK. Amen to that, Alicia. That's yes. wonderful. I think um, we can all just kind of take that into the next steps of all this parenting um, advice, because I know that you know, the fallibility of being human kind of, uh, you know, is real and you just need all the help that you can get during these stages, especially if you don't have family to rely on. And um, any advice? I, I want to touch on something there. How how did you develop your networks anywhere that you went to in particular? Was it like social media or just your school networks? Yeah, so not, you know, it, it was it was always naturally occurring through, you know, relationships that I was building, but I had to be intentional, intentional about building them. Right. So it, it, it occurred through, you know, Talia's good friends, her parents, right. Like they just naturally, I started to develop relationships with the parents of her friends at work. I cherish um, relationships very, very much. We spend tremendous number of hours with the people we work with. And um, so I have a very strong network of friends who are colleagues who I know I can depend upon. And then neighbors, I've had to, to start doing some of that because I, I need help with, you know, help me with my cat when I'm gone, help me with, you know, this I, last night, I'm, I'm also single parenting um, half of the time. And last night I had, I have a roof leak, um, unfortunately. And I have, I could not set up the ladder. It's this massive long ladder that isn't an A-frame. It's the one that you have to like up on your roof and get up on. And I carried it. I lugged it all the way out front by myself, but then I started to lift it. And I realized I was going to fall over backwards. Oh no. If I, if I, at some point, if I didn't have like the right angle. So I called a neighbor and said, Hey, please help me with my ladder. And, and so we did some roof inspection. 
Um, so I would just say like, you have to recognize you need help in certain areas and, and don't be shy about establishing those connections so that you know you've got some folks to call on. Yeah, that's wonderful advice. Alexandra, do you uh, have any advice so far for, for those beginning stages of um, you know planning? Sure, talking from what I've been experiencing so far, um, one thing I would tell you is you have to learn how to control your mind instead of letting your mind control you. Um, a lot of questions come up, especially when it's your first pregnancy. I remember when I was like four or five months pregnant, I was like, I don't want to send my daughter to school. <laughs> and then I was like, why am I worried? Why am I worrying about that yet? Um, so I had to find a way to control my mind and relax and enjoy the process. So far, it has been a great pregnancy and I have been loving every second of it. Um, during pregnancy, you and your baby come first. And that's something that I had to keep reminding myself. Everything else comes second. Um, another thing that I was that I was able to learn during this um, experience is that there's always a solution to every situation. and if you are able to find a good support system around you, you will be just fine. Um, there are people out there that are willing to help you. You you are not alone. You are not alone. Yeah, it's great advice. I know for me personally, I think just being a single mom and, and making so many, you know, having different phases of my life where I wasn't a single mom and I was a nervous, anxious, you know, pregnant mom at one point, I, I remember I'd get, you know, so much unsolicited advice out all throughout all, you know, even now there's just parenting advice. And I think it's like, take it as it comes and kind of do what works for you is the best advice that I could give. And, and, you know, there's so much negativity in the world, but let's stay positive about everybody's journey because we're all doing it differently. And I think, especially being a, a working mom and balancing a career and wearing multiple hats, you're just doing your best. And so I think reminding yourself and reminding everybody around you that you got this, you know, you're doing your best. And even if your best isn't, you know, what you expected it to be, be forgivable, you know, forgive yourself and, and things will kind of all work out to be okay. In the end, um, you know, I, I remind myself and I remind my son, you know, it's okay to say sorry. And it's okay to, you know, admit that maybe, you know, this time around, you know, you didn't do things right. And just kind of having that empathy and compassion for yourself during out throughout like the mom process is definitely um, something that I, sh I struggle with, but I work on um, to keep it top of mind for sure. Well, wonderful. Is there anything else you wanted to add in today's conversation, ladies? The insights that you all had given throughout each stage, so valuable, especially the perspectives were all so different. All I would right. just say the social media is the, the best thing, but also the worst thing when you're <laughs> pregnant and a mom. So I guess kind of go back to your comment, Alexandra, about keeping your mind in check, because it can quickly become like a rabbit hole of like, okay, I'm going to start worrying about this. And then it leads into like an hour later and you're like, oh my God, this is terrible things going to happen. So just be mindful of that. Because um, I certainly got sucked into that with like the Pinterest 
websites of articles of post-birth or preparing yeah. or what it should look like and what it should be and that's never usually that case you can plan as much as you can but it's you know we're going to do something that's unexpected maybe i would just add you know because this is all about careers and managing these things in careers look around you you know everyone's doing this um, it's not something to be scared about. Everyone finds a way to, to balance, you know, work life and the things that are happening. It takes some decisions and some prioritization and some networks, but um, this is life. And, um, you know, so if anyone's on the phone and worried about when is the right time or should I or shouldn't I, um, it is, it's definitely very normal and manageable um, and and never necessarily the wrong time either um, to, to consider, you know, having a child. So um, I'll just leave you with that. That's great. And if I may, Lauren, just to peek yeah. at this a little bit, and I know that we will talk about this even more on our second part panel, but I definitely relate to all of your comments, ladies, and especially you, Alicia. I think we have uh, very similarities in our personality. I am a calendar freak. And when I decided to, uh, my husband and I to have babies, that was one of the things that I was like, okay, no, I'm done with college in May. We need to do it right away. And luckily for me, I was pregnant right away in, in August. But in summary, like look at what Alex says, um, keeping your mind in check and the unsolicited advice, that is huge. So many people will come to you from different eras, different <laughs> places. This is how you should. I remember when I had my newborn, Ethan, someone came to me, you should be giving that baby water. In all the books that I write, it's like, well, he's not ready to drink water. And then you feel that pressure. And it's yeah. like Claire said, you will do what is best for you and your baby. It is something that will just come out naturally and you will fail all the time. And it's okay. Your baby doesn't know that you're failing, right? Um, now they're older. They're 11 and 13. And like you, Alicia, uh, I have to plan out my schedule. And literally, I am their Uber driver. I'm their <laughs> chef. Okay, so yes, I have a meeting now, but guess what? In 30 minutes, they get out of school. So who has to pick them up? I do. So one other um, advice is look at you, Alicia, how you asked. If you don't ask at your employer, your employers, mm -hmm. some of the things that you wish you could have, you will never know. I mean, look at that example right there. She had her baby early. It happened but she didn't want to take the maternity leave right away. So why not just say the worst that could happen is that they will say no. That is actually one of my new mantras now, because I used to be very uh, self-conscious of asking, asking for too much, but you just don't know what you could get unless you, you ask, you know, Alex, I hope you do get your three to six months maternity leave, right? <laughs> and so little things like that, that I, we should just be more vocal about this because there will never be a right time to be pregnant for sure. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's just going to happen when it's going to happen. You think you're going to have it all planned and then it's, it might not even be the right time, you know, but it turns out to be the right time. So just trust the process. And yes, thank you all ladies for such wonderful feedback. It was great to listen to four different perspectives, including yours, Lauren. I mean, look at all this audience that we have and um, if many of us are moms, I'm sure that we all have a very unique experience and we have been able to survive in this environment as working moms. So kudos yeah. to you, ladies. 
Yeah. And I think it's, I think something like to that, you know, the working mom element, because I think one of the biggest things that I get comments, well, you're going to go back to work. And are you sure you want to do that? And it's like, yeah, I still want to have a career and I still want to, you know, just kind of like, I think really similar to your message, Claire, where it's like, I want to make sure that I have like that support. So it's so good to be in these environments where we can come on these, you know, panels and discuss what it was like for all of us, because then we just learn from each other, really. Wonderful. Well, I think now, um, with that being said, I'm going to pass it off to Amelia, and she's going to go ahead and introduce um, kind of the HR perspective here. So, Thank you so much, Lauren. And I want to thank our panelists again. That was wonderful perspective. And um, I think it was very, very valuable to our community. So without further ado, I will introduce our speaker um, for our resource overview. Um, so today we are joined by Anne Mazza. Anne is the Director of Human Resources at Brentag Great Lakes, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Anne's HR career spans over 25 years in a variety of industries, including distribution, manufacturing, and financial services. Anne joined Brentag Great Lakes in 2017 a region within Brentag, North America, with eight locations in the Midwest. Brentag is the global market leader in chemicals and ingredients distribution with over 17,000 employees worldwide. Prior to joining Brentag, Anne was the director of HR for One America Financial Services based in Indianapolis, Indiana, and director of HR North American Operations for Rexnerd Industries in Milwaukee. Her areas of expertise include training and organizational development, talent acquisition, labor and employee relations, and employee engagement initiatives. Anne earned her BA at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and master's degree in human management at Rutgers, the State University of New Jersey. She is a certified Six Sigma Greenbelt and accredited insights discovery practitioner. Anne grew up in a suburb outside of Milwaukee and is an avid Badgers fan. She currently resides in Wisconsin with her three kids and two dogs. In her free time, Anne enjoys mountain biking, hiking, hot yoga, reading, and watching her kids play sports. So without further ado, I hand it over to you, Anne. Thanks, Amelia. Hi, everyone. And a special hi to my Brentag colleagues. I saw a couple of you on. I'm sure there may be others. We're located all over the U.S. Well, we're located all over the globe, but uh, I saw a couple from our North American operations on. So uh, it's great to be here. I have not been part of Women in Chemicals, this forum uh, previously. So this is very exciting to me. So thanks for having me. As an, uh, as I'm listening to the panelists, I'm like, what else can I say? You guys did an awesome job. Um, and, you know, uh, I'll try to give a couple of other points, you know, from the HR perspective. I was glad to hear some of your experiences were very positive with the employers. That doesn't always happen. But for the most part, hopefully you do have a positive experience. Um, just personally speaking, I have three. So I have a 21-year-old. Uh, son, a 19-year-old daughter, and a 
almost 13, 13 next week. So have that big gap as well. I know someone has, uh, Alicia, I think that was you that has a, a nice big gap, which also has its challenges. Um, but you know, it's exciting. It's an exciting time. And one of the best resources that you all have is this type of forum. I mean, to be able to talk to other women in your field, knowing exactly kind of what you go through, your work environment and so forth. Um, there's, there's, that's, that's a great, great um, resource for all of you. But I'll start off kind of discussion with your doctor. And I had to join a little bit late. That was my fault uh, in getting on. So you may have touched on this. Um, but one of the most important things, especially because we do work in chemical, um, you know, the chemical field, is talking to your doctor. What is your work environment? You know, we've had folks, for instance, that work in the lab. They cannot be exposed to certain chemicals. So what do we need to do to kind of accommodate that individual and still have her, you know, obviously, we, for the most part, we want to keep everyone working. Um, but talking to your doctor about your hours, the physical requirements of the job, that's going to be really critical early on. You want to have those open lines of communication. And then I know you talked about notifying your employer. Again, uh, it can be nerve-wracking. I've been very fortunate in my career to have very supportive managers. And that's really what I hear the most part. Of course, I'll say, you know, Brentag, the HR department's awesome. So we're all great. We'll, we'll make sure we're supportive for you. Just kidding. Um, but in all seriousness, you know, hopefully you have that good relationship with your manager. I always recommend kind of when do you do that? You know, usually 10 to 12 weeks. That's what the typical time frame that you're kind of out of that. Um, you know, things can kind of happen during the pregnancy early on 10 to 12 weeks. It's usually pretty safe. And guess what? You're starting to show. So probably a good idea to uh, let the cat out of the bag. Um, and the reason we talk, you know, I, I recommended talking to your doctor first is when you do notify your employer, this may be a time that you need to talk about some restrictions or accommodations. And I loved what someone said about, you know, you all they can say is no if they can't do it. But you also are protected. There are job protections for those of you who, you know, if when you are pregnant. So that's that's the very good thing as well. Um before talking to your employer, do your homework. Know what the what your employer's benefits are. Um, maybe it's, you know, Brent I care, we have short-term disability. Um, I worked in the state of New Jersey for a long time and they had state, state paid disability uh, for before and after. It was four weeks before and like six weeks after for normal pregnancies. So having that information ahead of time is really good. So when you go into you know, that initial conversation with your employer, if that comes up, you've done your homework. I think that's really important. And then believe it or not, daycare early, early on. Um, you know, one of the biggest decisions for me, I knew I was going to return. I loved my, I loved my job. I love what I do. Um, you know, do I want someone to come in home or do I want to go to daycare and daycares fill up fast. So having those, um, you know, looking into all of your options early on, I think is really, really important. I ended up choosing in-home daycare because I traveled a lot for work. So it was just more convenient. But with convenience also comes um, the expense. So making sure as you're, you're planning for all of that 
yeah, Alicia, you touched on, um, you know, the financial planning, it's expensive. Uh, and as someone said, is there, there's never really the perfect time to have a baby. Uh, is it young when you're just getting your career started and you're probably not in that phase where, you know, depending on what your income level is, or is it later on, that's really going to be, you know, an individual choice. But if you wait till the perfect time, you will never have a child. I promise you that. Um, so if you want to switch to the second slide, some resources, you guys touched on them. Um, and I really love, um, I think, who, who was it that said, be careful what you see out there in on the web, right? There's some really great information out there. And there's some um, there's some information. It's it's kind of like self-diagnosing yourself on WebMD. I think we probably all had cancer and about ready to die. If you start plugging in your your um, your symptoms, so you know, read it with a grain of salt. Two that I do like. There's PregnancyMagazine.com and Parents is a magazine that's very well known and it has some really great resources. Um, so parenting websites your colleagues, your friends who have been through this, that's that's your best resources. Um, and then, you know, during your third trimester, I try to kind of break it down into different areas as you go throughout your pregnancy. This is where you really want to start thinking about and really getting firm on the length of your leave. Um, I didn't mention on the previous slide, if you have an employer that's 50 or more, you automatically are eligible for FMLA if you meet certain requirements. You have to be there for a certain period of time, hours worked in a particular year, but that is job protection. So you are protected up to 12 weeks unpaid uh, for birth of and care for a child. So everyone should be aware of at least those federal regulations if it's if you work for a private employer. But length of leave um, after birth considerations, I know for us one of the big changes post-COVID was that we now have flexible work environments. I myself work three days, three days in the office, two days at home. That was not like that before. Um, so what COVID taught us was, hey, we can be just as productive at home. Um, but do you need, you know, four days a week schedule? Do you need, you know, reduced hours? What are those things, all of those considerations um, you're going to want to really finalize that before you go out. So it's not week 10 and you're going, oh my gosh, now I got to go back in two weeks and I, I don't have a plan. Um, and then lastly, just transitioning back to the office. I've heard it, you know, a couple people said it, self-care, self-care, self-care is so big. It's stressful. I'm not going to lie to you. It is stressful and it is a, you know, it's, it, it's different challenges when they're little, it's, you know, one challenge and then they get to be two and you're trying to get out the door and they're running around and hiding under the kitchen table, uh, you know, on you. And then when they get older, it's, it's, you know, it's always something during their different phases. So, you know, just taking care of yourself, I think is so very important and uh, you don't need to be super mom. You can't do it all. So, uh, rely on those folks that you, as you build those networks and forums such as this. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Anne. And as we wrap up here, I just want to let anybody on the call know that if you are expecting um, or you recently had a baby, we would love to send you a little piece of Wix swag, a little baby outfit uh, onesie 
for your little one to join our women in chemicals community. So in order to get this, please just send us an email at info at womenandchemicals.com. And we would love to send you and your little one a little piece of Wix swag. Um, and as we wrap up today, just want to say a very special thank you again to our incredible moderator, Lauren, our three great panelists, Alexandra, Alicia, and Claire, and to Anne for the resource overview. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.